Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a program providing help and information for our caregivers who are vital to the health and welfare of so many people in our community. You can hear Caregiver SOS On Air Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. You know Carol is a nationally known gerontologist, chairman of the board of the National Council on Aging, which at some point you won't be I've got another year left, so we oh, need to cool. say that for a oh, whole good. other year. I like that. That's a two-year term. It's a three-year term. Three-year term. I'm in year three. It's like an indeterminate sentence. I know. I'm telling you. Wow. We should do a show on what's going on there. We've talked to your director on occasion, and that would be cool. We'll have them back this yeah, year. Yeah, we'd like to do that. Carol also is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, and we spend time on Caregiver SOS on air every week, Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, talking about issues and topics that directly relate to caregiving and their families. And today we've got a very special guest coming up in just a couple of moments. It, yeah, it, just a few moments from someone, now. Yes, someone <laughs> who... Uh, we both know very well. Exactly. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that and see who shows up. And first, to prevent us from forgetting who's showing up, there's some tips now for delaying the onset of Alzheimer's, which everybody my age and younger uh, would certainly be interested in. Well, this came across the news wire, and uh, if you've been regularly following the following the news on Alzheimer's, it's not going to come as a surprise, but. Um, you know, by the time you're 65, the there's a 10% chance of developing Alzheimer's, and that jumps up. Um, they say up to 50%. It's actually around 40-something percent by the time you're 85. So, you know, um, what most people think is it's, you know, I inherit this somehow. But genetics is not the single biggest factor contributing to Alzheimer's. Um, the UCLA School of Medicine, Dr. Small, is talking about ways to delay the onset or improving your your odds of getting it. And number one, of not getting it, not getting it yeah. And, and and number one is being socially engaged, which might be a surprise to some folks. Really? Yes. You know those social networks. You don't have to be the life of the party, he says, <laughs> um, but you do need to interact regularly. With family and friends, there's so much in the media these days about loneliness and isolation. Don't be a couch potato. Don't be a couch potato. Don't be, well, don't be a a lonely person. Don't be isolated and don't be a couch potato because number two is um, pump up your brain by building your muscle. Uh, So regular physical exercise that uh, can reduce your risk of Alzheimer's by 50%. Wow. Yeah, so getting out there, and, and you don't have to be a triathlete. You don't have to run a marathon. 20 minutes a day of brisk walking. That's brisk walking. You're going to work your way up to that, but you gotta, you know it's got a little aerobic in there. Um, and then, you know, you want to exercise your mind. I must have seen four articles this week that talked about learning a second language. You know, just do something that challenges your brain. It can't be something that's easy to you. You know, you know that feeling you got when you crammed for a math test? Well, in my case, a math test or any exam back when you were in school and you were like, oh, my brain hurts. I can't stuff anything else in there. I'm really having to work at this. I do. 
it's got to feel like that. You need to actually push your brain into thinking about things that, you know, it needs to be challenging. It can't be, you know, if you're really good at crossword puzzles and they're easy, for me, that would be, I should do crossword puzzles because I'm terrible at them and that would challenge me. Uh, but if you're really good at them, nah, you got to find something harder than that. Well, Sudoku would be tough for me too. Yeah, any, any, see, that's like math. Yeah. So I couldn't do that. Um, you know, but the good news is, is that rates for Alzheimer's are actually going down. There are more people. So there are more older people with Alzheimer's just because there's more older total people, numbers. total numbers. Um, but the rates are actually going down. And so, hey, you know, you, Learn, you know, that Italian you've always wanted to learn. Maybe you'll meet <laughs> a new friend that'll keep you from being isolated that speaks Italian. And how cool will that be? Or French. Or French or Spanish or, I don't know, maybe maybe Russian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad idea. So f- pick something, tr- challenge your brain, challenge your body, and go out and talk to someone. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We've got a special guest coming up in a few minutes talking with our co-host Carol Zerniel about items in the news. And one is, how do you become a super ager? Well, this is from the Gray Matter column of the New York Times and came out on New Year's Eve. So it's pretty recent. And this was, a, you know, a group of physicians who were looking at people, you know, like my, my great aunt. I often talk about my 95-year-old great aunt who remembers more than a lot of us and she's the oldest one in the family you know she's got the book club and the investment club and the swim team and uh, you know Sunday school group so lots of different interests and um, you know we've, we've all known that older doctor that older lawyer the person that's still working so they were looking at these people who they call super agers because they're not experienced that mental decline a lot of us associate with old age sharp as a tack we often say so who are these people and, and they actually used um, you know MRIs looking at their brains to figure out which part of the brain is it that looks different for super agers. Wow. So if if you were going to guess and I was going to guess, we would probably say something, you know, the decision executive functioning part, the front of the brain. And the actually, it's the part of your brain that um, is traditionally thought to control emotions. Oh. So that is surprising. Oh, that yeah. was, yeah, that was that a, surprise a surprise for me. Um, because what that, you know, it traditionally thought to control emotions, what they, people that study the brain actually know is that, you know, these parts of the brain, I'm not even going to try to pronounce them um, because you wouldn't know what they were anyway, most likely. Uh, but the parts of your brain that control emotions actually control communications across the brain, control, integrate your senses, your five senses, in with your experience, in with talking. You know, it's, it connects all these different parts. And what they're finding is that these regions of the brain are thicker. You can actually look at the pictures and huh. see that they are thicker. The walls, the, the areas of the brain are thicker. They look like somebody who's 25 years old. And, you know, we were talking about um, delaying Alzheimer's, and it has to be something challenging. And that's what they were saying. They were saying that super agers engage in activities that make them think until it hurts. That, you know, it's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I can't think about that anymore. They put They regularly 
and routinely push themselves beyond the point about of being comfortable thinking about things. They challenge their brains. That's pretty cool. So it's not brain games by by any right. you know right. specter. It you know think about like we said, doctors and lawyers, somebody that has a singular interest in something, or people that you know study butterflies or bird watchers, people that have a fascination with a particular topic and they just dig into it. Those are the kinds of people. Or, or have, you know, deep interests in multiple areas like my great aunt who are the super agers. So that's, you know, kind of the latest. It's like uh, go learn to play the violin, take up a new language, make it a year to remember. And if you know someone like that, wouldn't hurt to hang out with them once in a yeah, while. Yeah, watch them. What are they doing? And get an idea exactly of what they are doing. All right. So your care recipient... You may not really know a whole lot about him. In fact, I recently interviewed a guy, Scott Mangione. Uh, he wrote a book about his father, uh, and he knew nothing about his dad, although, you know, they're in the same house for all those years. Uh, and it taught him so much about his dad, who's now approaching 80, in good health. Uh, you came across a journalist in a New York Times article uh, who was who trying to document the lives of care recipients well um yes it was out of the actually the washington Washington post Post. it was washington post it's her name is jay newton small and she used to be a journalist but when her father had to go into residential care in an alzheimer's facility um she realized that there was high turnover among the staff and it would be really hard to know her dad. How are they going to know anything about him? Because he couldn't tell them. He couldn't tell them. And I remember this struggle when we placed my mother in a memory care unit, you know, this past February was, you know, they had us fill out the 20-page questionnaire, but that goes into a notebook. How many new staff are going to pull out that notebook uh, and find out? And so what she put together was sort of a, a media presentation, a little kit um, with some video and, and a little clippings and, and pages of information. And she put together the story of her father, you know, who turned out to be very an, a very interesting man. He had lived in Ethiopia as a diplomat, and one of the care people in the facility was an Ethiopian woman who couldn't believe this man actually had been to where she lived, and they could talk about that. But think about, you know, finding out, finding something in common, something, you know, my mother was in trouble for the first few months she was in residential care because she kept going into everybody's rooms, and they kept saying she's behavior problems she keeps going into everybody's rooms and we keep saying she was a nurse she's checking on everybody she thinks that she's in charge of these people and and for months she did that um and when you know we would tell them she's a nurse they would be like oh then they understood the problem behavior it wasn't that she was deliberately you know just nosing around or trying to steal things she went around at night when everybody went to bed and opened their doors to make sure they were in there and they were safe and everything was okay in every room um and so you know knowing something about the person can help the staff understand those behaviors uh, the example they gave in the story was the bell that they would ring for dinner that seemed to upset 
upset this one gentleman. They found out he was a firefighter. Well, what happens when you ring the bell you go to a, a firefighter? Fire. Yeah. You know, he would get very agitated and upset. And once they knew that that bell was making him think a fire had started, um, they were able to understand his behavior much better. That's so, so interesting. So now she does it for a living full time. She's hired other journalists, and they are d- looking at this in different facilities. I think we'll have to have her on the show and yes. invite her on to talk about um, you know, collecting these stories to help improve the care of people who can't talk about themselves anymore. That's just amazing. I think it's great. When I was in my 20s or 30s, I got a hold of a book. Uh, you could sit down with your parents and like the questionnaire you filled out for your mother, uh, history on my dad for my kids. You know, who's granddad? Right. He wouldn't do it. Oh, and he wouldn't do it. No, wouldn't. see, my mother wouldn't have done it either. Yeah, he wouldn't. No. He said, no, no and my dad wouldn't do it, actually. He would, right. would, it'd still be empty like my baby book, which <laughs> apparently somebody must have given them because I found it. Oh. And, um, it there's and there's nothing, nothing, nothing not even my name, nothing wow. in it, not filling it out. Isn't that funny? It's not one of those people. Wow. How'd you feel when you saw that? <laughs> um, I felt like, well, luckily I knew my mother was very ill when I was born. Um, and, you know, my own son's baby book doesn't have that much in it, I got to confess. So I guess, it, you know, fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Got about a minute left and you can solve the biggest crisis in San Antonio so far this new year. Everybody has a cold. Everybody has a cold. So what are we supposed to do about it? Um, you know what? There are collecting all of the different, not cures, but how to make you feel better. That chicken soup um, is found to reduce upper respiratory infections. So go out and get your chicken soup. Um, 10 grams of honey at bedtime reduces severity of cold symptoms in kids. And what kid doesn't like a spoonful of honey? And then gargling with warm salt water helps that sore throat and also can ease nasal congestion. And if you've wondered, should I exercise while I have a cold? If your cold is only in your head, it's okay for 30 minutes of light exercise. Keep it up. It's good. But once that cold goes below your head, into your chest, eh, don't exercise. Exercise actually can take down your immune system when you're really fighting a big infection. Um, You know, a cold, those uh, antibiotics are not going to help your cold. Colds are viruses. Antibiotics help bacteria. So don't ask for an antibiotic. You're contributing to the problem. Get rest and drink your fluids. And call me in the morning. Thank you. There you go. Carol Zerniel. I'm Ron Aaron. Up next, our very special guest here on Caregiver SOS On Air, everything you need to know about the WellMed Charitable Foundation and a whole lot more. It's hard to believe, but this all began in the year 2010. Has it really been that long that we've been together? Dr. Robin Eikhoff, Ron Aaron, WellMed Radio. What a terrific ride it's been. And since then, and continuing, we have talked about everything. We've talked about medical issues, we've talked about legal issues, end-of-life issues, and the list goes on. You name a disease, and we've covered it with answers for people who have it, aimed primarily at seniors and their loved ones. Seniors and caregivers and grandchildren and on and on. So why do you like doing radio? Well, I love spending time with you, Ron. Oh, thank you. That's one of my favorite parts. Well, I appreciate it. But that. I like educating, and I like educating patients and family members. There's so many things that we can do with this outreach. So listen to WellMed Radio and get healthy. Ron Aaron, Dr. Robin Eikoff, we come to you Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Oh, 
Well, we are rocking right along here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. We come to you Sunday afternoons, well, early evening at 6 p.m., uh, and in this time of year, it's pretty dark. But uh, you know what? I noticed the other day, Carol, it's getting lighter again. I know. We've, Once we hit December 21st. That's right. We've, we're past the the equinox where it's ha- you know we've had our longest day of the year. And so we're ready to start lightening things up a little. I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. So our special guest is you. And I thought we would take advantage of something we really don't take advantage of enough. And that is the kind of work you do at the WellMed Charitable Foundation that our Caregiver SOS on Air listeners may not be familiar with and how they can interact with it. So let's begin in the beginning. What is the WellMed Charitable Foundation? Well, that's such a great question, and what a <laughs> great you. topic for <laughs> Caregiver SOS on Air. You know, and I, I think it is, you know, we, we're on air every week, and we mentioned brought to you by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, but I think you're right that we don't talk enough about the services that we have that are available at no cost, some of them online, some of them on the phone, some of them in person. So the WellMed Charitable Foundation was actually founded by the same physician who founded WellMed Medical Management, Dr. George Rapier. And, you know, this is a Renaissance man. This is a man who understood before everybody else that people want to be kept as well as possible. They don't want to be just be treated when they're sick. They want to know how to live better, and they want to stay well. And um, he recognized that they had family caregivers and that the family members were a crucial part of, you know, health and taking care of health. And so he created the WellMed Charitable Foundation and brought, created, you know, we created the Caregiver SOS program uh, to help these family caregivers. We've been around. We just had our 10th anniversary uh, in 2016. And a lot of the funding comes right out of the pockets of WellMed employees. Well, the caregiving program especially. So, you know, our doctors, our nurses, our receptionists, the people in the accounting department, our corporate folks, all donate money out of their paychecks every week, $5, $10, whatever it is. Um, and that money goes into the Wellma Charitable Foundation. That money and grants is really what we use to fund our caregiver programs. So, you know, these free services come, you know, because other people understand caregiving issues and, and really want to help family caregivers. So we're talking about family members. We're not talking about paid staff. We're talking about family members. And Dr. Rapier matches what's donated. He does. He's very generous. Well, and WellMed matches it. So here are WellMed employees donate out their paychecks. Then WellMed matches it. And Dr. Rapier matches it. Um, and, you know, oftentimes United Healthcare, we, you know, WellMed is associated with United, and they will match it as well. So we can turn $1 into $4. Uh, and that goes a long way to paying for these caregiver services. So talk about the programs because uh, people who become caregivers, and, and we talk about that obviously on Caregiver SOS on air, uh, often they stumble into that responsibility and wake up one morning not even realizing they're a caregiver, but they are. Well, you know, and that's why primary care, because WellMed Medical Management operates clinics with doctors that are primary care and serve Medicare-eligible patients, so mostly seniors. You know, what's important about that and what we would love to see all primary care physicians doing is looking at who is it that brought that patient 
Who is it that brought the person to their medical appointment? Who is it that's responsible for giving them their medications, picking up their prescriptions? So identifying that family caregiver, recognizing them, and referring them to the caregiver program is so important. You know, in the last year, there, you know, I think there's at least 16 states, and I'm probably way low, um, that have passed laws where hospitals now are required by law to identify a family caregiver and to not discharge a patient until that family caregiver has been notified they're being discharged, understands the discharge orders. Um, that's at a hospital stay. The chances your loved one's going to stay in good health are greatly improved if we're working with the family caregiver every day, you know, at the clinic level. We don't wait till they get to the hospital. And we have talked about uh, how someone gets discharged from a hospital and all of a sudden they show up at home. Nobody knew. And nobody knew, or you know, and there's nobody home, and there's no food in the refrigerator. Um, or there's they have no transportation to get to their physical therapy that they need to get to. I mean it. Unfortunately, we, we ask a lot of questions when people are in a hospital um, or in, a, in an extended stay care facility, but we don't, we, we, if we're not involving the family caregivers, we may not have reliable information, and um, it's really important to make sure that the whole family's on the same page. Our guest today is our co-host, Carol Zerniel, on 930 AM, The Answer on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking about uh, the variety of services provided by not only the WellMed Shedwell Foundation, uh, but that come funded through WellMed Medical Group. It's amazing when you think about it. Uh, and I can remember, for example, when you started the Caregiver Teleconnection Program, uh, which was in its infancy. You got a grant for that program. It really began up in Canada. Well, it did. It was um, called The Caring Voice at the time, and it started in Montreal. And we met with uh, Lucy Berrylack and Mark Stolo, who created the program, the Harry and Jeanette Weinberg Foundation, funded us. And the Caregiver Teleconnection, you know, is the one service. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. If you are listening to this broadcast or podcast, you can become a member of the Caregiver Teleconnection because it's a telephone-based free program where we have experts on the phone for an hour. It's like a conference call. So everybody gets on the phone. It could be five people. It could be 100 people, and sometimes it is. But we've got somebody who's manning those phones and managing all that noise. Uh, You may be thinking, oh, my gosh, 100 people on the phone. The dogs are barking. The babies are (laughs) crying. The toilets are flushing. They used to. They don't anymore because we can, we can turn those phones off so you can you hear can them. them. We can mute them. Um, and then we have an expert. And, and they, you know, these are doctors and lawyers and social workers who have great information. And when I, I pulled our January calendar, uh, knowing that I was going to be the guest yes. today on the show, and I couldn't believe, I mean, we have left, we've come out of the gates just blazing with our best talent um, on the teleconnection this year because folks that are really good we do invite back so if you were to go to caregiversos.org that's our website so everything we talk about today you can find out caregiversos.org look at the teleconnection and you can pull up the calendar you would see that we have tam cummings who's a geriatric care manager talking about alzheimer's and nobody 
has better information and talks faster and better <laughs> about Alzheimer's. Whereas Tam, you need to cut it down, you know, because she's <laughs> such a font of information. She's fantastic. So even if you missed it on um, January the 5th, um, you can listen to the podcast. So all of these teleconnection sessions are recorded, and you can listen to them as podcasts just like you do um, our caregiver sos radio show so you listen to one you want to share it with a relative you can tell them about it one of my kids used to say to me daddy you talk faster than i can hear (laughs) there you go tam talks faster than somebody sometimes people can hear but she's talking about understanding the stages of dementia she's fantastic we have zanda hilger who's up in fort worth talking about communication improving communication and your relationships that could go for just about anybody uh, yeah. i'm sure if you listen to that you would find a, you know <laughs> husbands a, and wives could get a few that's clues a 10 four on that <laughs> then we've got barry jacobs who is a nationally known speaker he's a, a psychologist a psychiatrist PhD in psychiatry and he's going to talk about avoiding caregiver burnout um, he co-authored uh, meditations for caregivers which is a you know, it's a recent publication so he's got this down about this relieving stress and avoiding burnout and then the last at the end of the month we have Carol Birch who um, is going to be on the show very soon as well she's an elder law attorney again she's fabulous you know she is my personal attorney when i want you know want to talk about elder law carol birch is who i call she's fantastic knows so much really practical advice very down to earth you know i think of her like a molly ivins for anybody who was a molly ivins fan you know just that really good advice and knows her stuff that's just this month that's just january we have experts all year long and it's free what you do you sign up either online or you call our 800 number and sign up to become a member then you pick out the sessions you want to listen to you listen to them live you listen to them recorded you tell your friends about them it just couldn't be any easier you know what you need a phone and it's free it's free and a phone that's all you need to get all that great advice and among the guests our co-host on take 10 dr jamie heisman has been on Oh, he's on. Yes, he's regularly on. So we've got great speakers. A lot of times you'll hear uh, people from the radio show will also do a teleconnection session. And you offer a Spanish version. We we, from time to time, we haven't as often as I'd like. We do have um, sessions in Spanish. That's wonderful. We're going to talk more with Carol Zernil about Carol Zernil and about the WellMed Charitable Foundation. I want to find out about Stress Busters and how that program is going. Matter of Balance is another one. All kinds of programs offered through the WellMed Charitable Foundation. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zernil on Caregiver SOS on air right here on 930 AM, The Answer. Well, our very special guest is someone who is here all the time as co-host of Caregiver SOS On Air, Carol Zerniel. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, also serves as the chair of the National Council on Aging. And we're talking about the services offered through the WellMed Charitable Foundation, some of which you may be familiar with, one of which is this show, and a lot more that can provide help for you and your family. We come to you every week on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and as Carol mentioned a few minutes ago, podcasts of all of our shows are available as well. And you can sign up for free through iTunes, and there is an Android version as well. And since I'm all iPhone, I don't remember what that connection is. But if you Google iTunes or you Google 
WellMed Charitable Foundation, or you Google Caregiver SOS on air on Android podcast, it'll pop up. And you'll find it. And you'll find it. You'll exactly. find it. So there. Yes. Talk to me about uh, stress busters because, uh, you know, my dad had dementia. Uh, my mother dealt with it day after day after day. Never complained, that being my mother, of course. Uh, and the stress that she had to go through was, was enormous. And she wouldn't accept help. I can do it alone. That's okay. I'm fine. Send help to people who really need it. Right. That was my mother. That was your, and that's a lot of us. Yeah. So the stress busting program, we, you know, we, we've talked about the radio show. Um, we've talked about the teleconnection. So nationwide, doesn't matter where you are. We are in, I'm trying to think, 12 states with the stress busting program. It's a program that was developed at the University of Texas Health Science Center right about here. 20 years ago. In San Antonio. In San Antonio. It's been around a long time. Um, when they originally, Dr. Sharon Lewis originally developed it, she actually looked at the stress hormone levels in the brains of caregivers before and after the stress busting program to see did it actually reduce stress levels so we didn't there was no guessing did it or did it not work it did reduce the levels of the stress hormones in the brain in the system for the caregivers that took it so cortisol. It's, it's cortisol and it's so that means it's evidence-based what we know is this program reduces anxiety it reduces anger it reduces stress and makes caregivers feel better so it's an in-class nine-week course on stress management, which most people freak out when they hear nine weeks. But the reality is that once a caregiver, you know, we as caregivers, we are, everyone is stressed out. And the opportunity to learn techniques. So in those nine weeks, we teach eight different stress management techniques that you get to practice in class and at home. And those techniques are deep breathing, journaling, um, hand massage, aromatherapy, meditation. Um, and so maybe, you know, not you may not like meditation. Maybe that's not your thing, but but maybe, you know, who doesn't like the smell of like vanilla or lavender I was or thinking some of those massage. other scents? Or a hand massage. And, you know, and the hand massage can also be a good relaxation technique for the person you're caring for. Um, so we teach these different techniques. We teach people about Alzheimer's or chronic illness. Um, this It's in English. We have it in Spanish as well. But, you know, over the nine-week course, 90, about 92% of our caregivers finish the class. Wow. They stay with so it. So once they start, they really like it. It's small. It's only eight people in a class. You really get a chance to share your experiences, practice these stress management techniques, and um, it's so uh, well received. Our, you know, what we notice, you know, our instructors in the in the program notice that our, a lot of our caregivers come to us with their hair sticking straight up. You know, the clothes are sideways. Maybe it looks like they're half wearing their pajamas. You look and up stress in the dictionary. There, it's their yeah, picture, you see that picture. Right? And yeah. about week four, they're starting to comb their hair. Their clothes are clean, you know, and they match. Um, and something happens. There's this transformation that happens uh, when we relieve the stress and people stop feeling like they're being chased 
by that tiger who's after them, that fight or flight instinct, which, you know, we've talked about it a lot on the show. It's so dangerous to be stressed out that that feeling of your heart racing and just running as fast as you can and dealing with all those medical appointments and medication management and finding getting the groceries and changing the person and getting them dressed. And, you know, if you try to put socks on someone else besides a toddler if you put socks on especially long socks or support socks onto an older person yeah. that's really hard well kennedy our twin three and a half year old you put a sock on he takes it off you get <laughs> one right. on he takes it off that's right and you know yeah. my mother insisted on wearing pantyhose forever really when she couldn't do it and if you tried to put pantyhose on somebody else you, you know, put support, it on yourself support pantyhose on yeah. someone else it is you know you barely get it on yourself right. much less someone else so those things really do stress us out and the stress busting program i recommend it you can call our 800 number um if you're interested i'm going to give the 800 number it's, sure it's eight it's not really 800 but it's still toll free 866-390-6490 6491 that's 866-390-6491 there's a real person who answers that phone and you can say hey is the stress busting program in my area ask her and we can tell you if you are fortunate to be in one of the 12 states where we have stress busting and if you're not then you know let's look around where you are and we'll help find somebody who might be willing to adopt the program and offer it and how much does it cost well it's free to participants so if you're a caregiver and you want to take stress busting all of our services are free it's a great program um, so we would love to have any caregiver participate in stress busting again we'll give you that phone number before uh, we reach the end of the show you can ask any questions not only about stress busting but other issues involved with Caregiver SOS on air and caregiversos.org. Uh, I have a question about these senior centers that I, uh, I know lots of people are seeing around town, and I'm hearing more and more of our primary care physicians, the women, mentioning them as a great resource. They love sending uh, their patients to them. Tell us about how that began. Well, you know, we've got to, we have two services that we provide um, that are in person. That we've got our senior centers and we have our caregiver SOS resource centers. So I'm going to throw them in together because oftentimes, you know, they're, we're, in, the we, they're in the same location. Right. They're the same thing. Um, we started, Dr. Rapier and his wife owned a gym that they wanted to convert to a senior center. That was back in 2008. So we were the first privately run senior center uh, in Bear County, wow. which here is here in San Antonio. And uh, we quickly found out that, you know, a big room with a lot of gym equipment full of seniors um, is a great place for seniors. A, you know, I think we talked in the first segment about uh, isolation as being, you know, relationships and loneliness being uh, one of the aggravating factors for Alzheimer's. Okay, well, then no one in a senior center should ever get Alzheimer's because they interact they have a meal, they exercise. We have personal trainers at all of our senior centers. But even if you're not in a well-med city, if you're not in Texas and you're listening to the show, I bet there's a senior center in your town. And or there's a if there's not a senior center, there's some sort of a program uh, for seniors in your area you can that you could find and and it's a great place just to connect it's a great place for resources it's a great place to to you know do things with other people and to get out of that 
armchair, the, you know, I, I forget Jim Furman at NCOA at the National Council on the Aging talks about how many hours a day we spend watching TV as seniors. And it's, it's a scary number. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like nine scary. hours a day. Um, a lot of us end up watching TV. So getting up and getting out is way better than that. And now, if you went centers. to uh, eldercare.gov, put your zip code in, you could, could call you find the area the agency. Center? You could find, yeah, the area agency on aging would tell you where your senior centers are in your area. But, you know, the other, the adjacent or inside our senior centers, we also operate caregiver SOS resource centers where we have professionally trained caregiver specialists who are trained in caregiver coaching. And we can do that in person or we can do that over the phone for people that live in um, San Antonio, in Corpus Christi, the lower Rio Grande Valley, Austin, Dallas-Fort Worth. You know, any of our, if, you, if you're in a well-med town where there are well-med clinics, you can call our SOS centers and talk to um, a caregiver specialist. And in our coaching, what we found is a lot of caregivers don't even know what question to ask. Wow. Right? Where do I start? What questions should I even be asking? Remember, we interviewed a Harvard University professor who, you know, brilliant, highly medical educated, school, medical, medical school, school professor. He was a doctor. Became, he became a caregiver. He had no idea there was help available. I, you know, it wasn't until one of his students actually, you know, <laughs> said, you know, you know he's probably he probably doesn't listen to our show anymore because <laughs> no. we tell that story a lot. Because it was, yeah. but it was, it's you know, it just shows that you yeah. can be anybody and not know that there's help available. He looked so frazzled. This student said, "Let me help you. You here. got you. You know, you got to hire somebody <laughs> to help take care of your wife. You yeah. cannot do this alone right. and teach. Yeah, right. and and we know that we know that people need help. And so through this is another. It's a program out of the Benjamin Rose Institute in Cleveland. So what's important about our caregiver SOS services is, uh, you know, we, they're based a lot in science. Um, we've studied them. We know that they work. And so this caregiver coaching program came out of the Benjamin Rose Institute, and it's used in multiple states. Um, and we just talked to the caregiver. You know, it's a conversation about what's, what is it that's worrying you? What's heavy that you're having to carry? What questions do you have that you want to answer? What's going on with your loved one? What do they need to know about? Um, so that we can help, you know, kind of you, it helps you to manage your caregiving journey. You know, we're not case managers, but we're coaches. So I remember interviewing one of our uh, caregiver specialists, and uh, she talked about how uh, when you say to someone, how do you feel? The floodgates open That's because right. no one ever asks. That's right. The clean that we say a Kleenex box is our most important piece of office equipment that we have uh, because a lot of times you you know you ha no one has asked that caregiver how they feel. So caregiver coaching um, is an Im important service. Um, and there are caregiver specialists at the area agencies on aging in non-WellMed cities. So I don't want people to think that there are no services. You know, we, we're not talking about the, the WellMed Charitable Foundation as, a, as an, a, an advertisement here on the radio. What we're talking about are services that we have available for free for family caregivers in WellMed cities. And what we have is information on how to connect you to caregiver services wherever you live. There is, you know, our agencies that are tasked to help family caregivers wherever you are. We are about out of time. We've only scratched the surface. So we should do this again. And well, come we back should. And Can I give my on website it? one more time? Why don't you? And your phone number. And my phone number, caregiversos.org. And the phone number, 866-390-6491.
you turn out to be a pretty good guest. We'll have you back. Thank you very much. Pleasure yeah. to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Carol Zerniel, also our co-host here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. You hear us Sundays at 6 p.m. Right before this show, you hear WellMed Radio with Dr. Robin Eikoff and moi talking about medical issues that affect not only seniors but their loved ones. You hear us all on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and podcasts are available as well. For Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman, stay tuned now for Take 10. It's hard to believe, but this all began in the year 2010. Has it really been that long that we've Dr. been together? Dr. Robin Eikhoff, Ron Aaron, WellMed Radio. What a terrific ride it's been. And since then, and continuing, we have talked about everything. We've talked about medical issues, we've talked about legal issues, end-of-life issues, and the list goes on. You name a disease, and we've covered it uh, with answers for people who have it, aimed primarily at seniors and their loved ones. Seniors and caregivers and grandchildren and on and on. So why do you like doing radio? Well, I love spending time with you, Ron. Oh, thank you. That's one of my favorite parts. Well, I appreciate it. But that. I like educating, and I like educating patients and family members. There's so many things that we can do with this outreach. So listen to WellMed Radio. And get healthy. Ron Aaron, Dr. Robin Eikhoff, we come to you Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us at the end of each of our Caregiver On Air program, Caregiver SOS On Air. We bring you Take 10 with Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known psychotherapist, an expert on caregiving and addictions, and Carol Zerniel, our regular co-host on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. So, Jamie, one of the topics that we have come up with for Take 10 today is one that uh, Carol and a number of caregivers have thought about. Right. So um, after the recent holidays, um, it really hit home to me uh, that all of the articles we've seen recently on loneliness and how bad it is for you. You know, all these articles are now saying that loneliness is the new smoking so that, you know, just a lack of social contacts is the equivalent of smoking, of not getting any exercise. Loneliness increases your risk for heart disease, for diabetes, for stroke. It's a killer. It's all bad. And then I started remembering what's Dr. Jamie's number one rule for caregivers. Don't isolate, don't isolate, don't isolate. So, Jamie, A, you were way ahead of the curve. And B, you know, what is it? What? Why is it so dangerous to be alone? Well, yeah, I will often say it's the cancer of caregivers' souls. And uh, to be frank with you, the lack of social interaction and stimulation from individuals to a caregiver or even to a care recipient, I mean, creates, oddly enough, care, you know, cognitive impairment. I mean, it's a, it's a trigger for us to be alone. You know, to be alone is not just the word alone. It's to be kind of caught up in this myopic, self-engrossed world that we have where everything around us gets smaller and smaller in scope. And what we have to look forward to is simply Groundhog Day. And that's one of the biggest reasons I think that people equate this to smoking. 
Well, you know, you, I heard you say two things there. Number one is, you know, the smallness, the myopathy, that, look, you know, everything gets, uh, it's just you. But the other thing you said was we've got nothing to play against. There's no social interaction. So is there something that is beneficial to us, like the three of us having this conversation, when we interact with other people, why is that beneficial? I think it's incredible beneficial, and the whys of it are really neurologically based, but I have to tell you, when I work with caregivers or seniors who are care recipients, it's fascinating that they'll be depressed, they'll be feel very morose, they'll feel low, and all of a sudden you kind of get them into an interaction, a communication, and they tap a part of their brain which seems to be focused and, and, and you know, right there, and, and it, it's, they don't feel as alone. They feel totally, totally engaged. Is it like the endorphins that are triggered by running? No doubt. I'm, I'm firmly convinced it's a neurotransmitter issue. Um, it really is, whether it's, it's the endorphins or whether it's more dopamine or, or whatever the actual the, the, the chemistry of the body is, when you are actually connected to somebody, and connection is the, the real world word here, or when you disconnect it here, you have opposite ends of the pole. I mean, caregivers who isolate, the report also you know, weight gain, you know, that's a huge issue because there's a lot of emotional eating. As you mentioned, too, um, you said increased um, blood pressure. Well, you know, not just blood pressure, but what I call cortisol. You know, the body really gets on a fight-or-flight basis when it's all alone and has no interaction. And many, you know, caregivers experience physical and emotional effects strictly from being alone. Well, you know, I think about, you know, the interaction with other people kind of causes you to do mental gymnastics. So if we were having a political discussion, if I was just talking to you about the recent election, you know, there's a likelihood that you and I might have voted for different people and you tell me who you voted for. Or, you know, if we're having lunch, you know, there's a whole discussion. But I'm adjusting constantly to what you're telling me, deciding if I like or don't like it, how do I feel about that, responding. So there's a lot of things going on in my head just from a simple exchange on eat the weather or lunch oh totally carol and ask uh, anybody i work with to make sure you have a schedule because what you're actually saying which is spot on is you know the interaction or being in the moment with somebody else in communication maintains a sense of self you see we get lost in this jello like issue of time when we're alone and we're isolated and we certainly don't feel renewed. If anything, it's kind of like we're circling the drain. But when you connect with somebody, you really maintain your sense of self. Even when you went to the politics side, you know, you can actually talk about politics and, and get connected and renewed and have a sense of self. Also, this is about self-care at the same time. Your sense of self should include things like, you know, interacting with somebody at a support group, uh, yoga, walks on a, a trail. Uh, you know, doing things that, that are simply for yourself that's positive, anything but isolating. And, and the caregivers who are listening to this, Dr. Jamie, some will say, hey, that sounds great, but I can't get away. I have no help. I have no one to call. Uh, I've got sisters and brothers. None of them want to help. I'm here alone. I, I could be on a desert island for all it's worth. You know, Ron, it's true as can be, and, and that's what respite care is all about. And periods of respite care can allow, you know, a caregiver to focus on their own personal needs. 
Um, it's important to understand that the respite services are available. Carol can speak probably better than I can, but home care agencies, uh, your local area agency on aging, friends and families and get a good geriatric care manager or social worker to be able to coordinate all this. There, this are ways to find that elusive respite care or time for me. Well, and I think about two, you know, small practical suggestions we've gotten from our caregivers in our stress busting classes. You know, we talk about finding that that safe spot, that place where you can just be you. And our caregivers tell us it's the bathroom. So sometimes, you know, locking yourself up for a few minutes in the bathroom, a few minutes longer than normal to give yourself a little time to breathe. You know, they get their respite um that way and the other is you know uh like we were we've talked in the past about our caregiver teleconnection but it's the telephone um our telephones now are so powerful and we can talk long distance usually at no additional charges to just about anyone um and wouldn't it be fun to make up a list of some people long lost people that you haven't talked to in a while and kind of keep an eye on your loved one and and maybe have an interrupted conversation, but it's better than no conversation. And you can even do FaceTime or Skype and, and get a visual on somebody. That's right. You can actually see them. Although, you know, I was visiting with my 95-year-old great aunt over the holidays. And the, the last three times we've tried to Skype, it has been a two-hour process on clicking on that little green camera. <laughs> so we just went for the phone call with the right. relatives this time. Uh, no, no FaceTime, <laughs> no Skype. <laughs> and Doctor, you know, go, go ahead. I, I was go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead I was going to ask for a how-to then, because lots of folks are hesitant to do what Carol's suggesting: pick up the phone, call somebody you haven't talked to. You were suggesting take respite, go out and do something for yourself. How do you get off the dime to do that? What does it take? Well, it, it really, you have to find this, what we've often talked about here, this, this family of, of choice. Um, sometimes your family of origin has, has obviously run away or you have some real impacted issues that you can't deal with them, and they may not be the group uh, that, that you need so desperately. But the people who have been there for you, let's not forget that once somebody becomes lonely and isolated, they also speak, take on a different personality, and they have to grieve the person who they once were. And to me, there's a huge disparate issue about who we once were, and now we're this isolated self. So my real recommendation to everybody who's listening to this broadcast right now is to make sure you have a therapist that you see on a weekly basis. You know, Medicare, Medicare Advantage, commercial insurance, they all will pay for this type of therapy. But it forces you to get out and process the depression and process the loneliness and the isolation. How do you find that therapist? Well, that therapist is really easy. I write for them, and they're a great organization. If you go to psychologytoday.com and you go to find a therapist and click it, it'll ask for your zip code. And all you need to do is put your zip code in there, and out will pop like 30, 40 different therapists who you can actually pick from who most kind of connect with your issues. And then even then I would call them up and interview them before you go to them. But believe me, they're at the touch of your, your finger on your computer. And now well, Carol gets the last word. Well, and I want to add to that for that respite care, go to eldercare.gov. Same process, put in your zip code, 
find the area agency on aging near you and they can tell you about respite programs in your area. And how important is it to do that? It's very important. You could find about all the caregiving services. There may be more than respite. There may be some personal attendance services, some daycare. So eldercare.com. And thank you all for listening to Take 10 at the end of each of our Caregiver SOS on-air programs. Thank you to Dr. Jamie Heisman. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you again soon right here on 930 AM, The Answer. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this radio program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel, for another edition of Caregiver SOS On Air on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. It's hard to believe, but this all began in the year 2010. Has it really been that long that we've Dr. been together? Dr. Robin Eikhoff, Ron Aaron, WellMed Radio. What a terrific ride it's been. And since then, and continuing, we have talked about everything. We've talked about medical issues, we've talked about legal issues, end-of-life issues, and the list goes on. You name a disease, and we've covered it, but with answers for people who have it, aimed primarily at seniors and their loved ones. Seniors and caregivers and grandchildren and on and on. So why do you like doing radio? Well, I love spending time with you, Ron. Oh, thank you. That's one of my favorite parts. Well, I appreciate it. But I like educating, and I like educating patients and family members. There's so many things that we can do with this outreach. So listen to WellMed Radio and get healthy. Ron Aaron, Dr. Robin Eikhoff, we come to you Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m. on 930 a.m. The Answer.